0: Echo's box podcast is not meant to be or claiming to be a good place for therapeutic advice. The host is not a licensed therapist and is not offering any services or advice related to mental health in a professional manner. The content discussed on Echo's box is commonly highly explicit due to the real nature of expressing honest emotions. While we don't mean to offend anyone, the reality is these discussions might be triggering to many people out of respect for all. Please do not listen if this content isn't right for you and forgive us if you have a poor experience. Keep your brain healthy. What's but... Everyone, welcome back to Echo's Box. This is episode 29, Home for the Holidays. And in this episode, we're actually going to be talking a lot about things like panic attacks and dissociation, things that I've talked about on the the podcast before. But I really want to dive deeper into detail and while we aren't really talking about the holidays, so to speak, it is relatable because a lot of people's issues and mental disorders really flare up around the holidays due to family loss and, and other relationship type things. It's, it's hard, especially with family gatherings and stuff. So I just kind of want to shine a light on some of the symptoms and some new things I've learned so you can better be prepared as you go through your holiday experience. And I know Thanksgiving has already passed. Um, I hope you, you survived it just like I did. Um, but e- either way this will be helpful going forward and some of this stuff is stuff I learned after Thanksgiving just talking with different people talking to my partner talking to my therapist um, and it's just interesting and helpful in a lot of ways at least it was to me and I kind of want to pass that on to you but before we dive into the episode of course at the beginning you heard a new song That song is called Time's Up. It's just a little intro track to a new project that I'm working on. So if you like that, stay tuned. You know, follow me on on Instagram and TikTok and all that kind of stuff. Spotify, Apple music, all that kind of of jazz. It's Jones Music. Um, Other announcements. uh, We just played uh, the annual Black Friday show at The Loft with my band Lost in the Mons. That popped off. Thank you to all the fans, family, and friends that came out and made that a wonderful experience. All the guys have post-show depression now uh, but that just means we're stoked to play some more shows so we're gonna we're gonna try to book some more on the calendar here soon some different areas if you're interested in booking our band or booking me as jones feel free to reach out to swelter at gmail.com that's the best way or reach out to us directly on social media but your mileage may may vary there but we respond either way we try to, to hop on any opportunity that we reasonably can we, we like playing the show so yeah final announcement you know it is the holidays if you're looking for a gift for somebody it looks like my book fundamental magic is on sale for like 1249 on amazon so go snag that i think there's limited on sale copies i'm not in charge of the sale at all i just googled it and amazon's doing their their amazon thing where they are selling it for cheaper i don't know how that impacts me at all but i don't really care it's uh, the book's not there for the money like i said you can go get a free copy of it from echoesbox.com in PDF form but if you want that sweet sweet hardcover it does appear to be on sale great gift for the holidays for any of your, your witchy or occultist type friends um, but yeah on that note I'm kind of tired of talking about things related to magic I felt like they were topical in the last couple episodes I thought they were fun for you know Halloween and all that kind of stuff but I want to get back into the mental health stuff because that's really the cornerstone of this podcast here and I've been having a hard time like it's it sucks out here uh things are going good for the most part i've got some milestones i want to achieve i've got some blockages that i need to remove from my life uh and i'm working towards those and and that's good but it still sucks to have to trudge through and it's it's really difficult and especially around this time of year especially around the holidays there's so much going on it makes it really hard to sit down and focus even just sitting down and making this episode is is a chore right now um, and it normally wouldn't be like, normally it's a chore in the sense that I have to, I have to get it done, you know, because I want to, but now it's like, well, I have to get it done because I want to. And I'm, I'm just fucking exhausted. You know, all the events I have to go to, all of the things that I have have to do, all of the people I have to see, it's socially draining and time consuming at the same time. It's, it's it can be miserable. And you know, this year after I want to say, At least three years, maybe even four, was the first time I went back to Thanksgiving on my mom's side of the family. That was pretty difficult. I didn't know how I was going to be treated. I didn't know how I was going to react. I had to do a lot of preparation work in therapy and set up safety nets between my friends and, and my loved ones to make sure that if I was not comfortable, that I had all the tools at my disposal to you know, not suffer through a a miserable situation. And fortunately, it went pretty good. You know, um, there are a couple things here and there that are making me have to think about how I want to conduct myself going forward, how if I want to attend other events, how frequently, who do I enjoy talking to at these things, you know, what's the impact on me, Socially and emotionally, mentally, all that kind of stuff. I, I'm I'm having a hard time. You know, I'm having to think through all of that. And while everything went okay, it didn't change really how I felt uh, deep down. It it's just tough. It's even it's really tough to talk about because I don't know any any member of my family can be listening to the podcast, and that's fine. It's open on the internet. It's what it's for. Um, I'm not worried about that so much as it just makes things more complicated because I'm trying to be open about my, my issues uh, to, to help share experiences, but I don't want to do so to the, the detriment. So obviously I'm not going to sit here and talk shit about family members. And I guess, unless it's super relevant to if something's detrimental to my mental health and it's good advice going forward, maybe, but you know, it's, that's not the goal here. I'm not here to shit talk, but uh, the, the, the reality is of of all of the holiday stuff it's it's just difficult even I, I went to like a game night after the holidays my my mom was in town and she was just trying to see everybody one last time and I don't really have the best relationship with my mother and the the idea of going over there I was just trying to be nice and participate pretty much you know it's like yeah you live all the way on the other side of the country and you haven't seen me in However long, sure. Yeah, I'll come out before you go and we'll play some games. Since Thanksgiving went okay, you know, I survived through that. I can't imagine the games night would be any different. And for the most part, that was true. Uh, In some ways, it was worse. uh, But in some ways, it was at least fun because there were games. Um, I've never fucking played Farkle before. That's been like a parlor game that just kind of sits in your games. I guess in like your parlor games cabinet, if you have one of those, if you have like any kind of party games or, or whatever that's like a an old one that just kind of sits there and it's if you never played Farkle it's basically like Yahtzee and Blackjack mixed together which is kind of redundant but the 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 uh I guess like the straights and, and the point system is a little bit different than Yahtzee but um very interesting game that was pretty cool and then we played Spoons Spoons is like something I only hear out of like a 60s movie <laughs> you know you're gonna go play some Spoons down at Bobby Joe's or whatever I don't I don't fucking know but uh that was pretty fun too. That's that's something I'm gonna turn into a drinking game. Spoons was the fucking shit. Uh my, my stepdad, they they play that over there in in uh on the, the west coast, so to speak. Um Yeah, I just never heard of it. And so we played those and it was pretty fun for the most part. But there were just some conversations that were uncomfortable. And to at least like my mom's credit, some of those conversations that came up came up from her inappropriately airing dirty laundry about conversations with other members of the family that had occurred in the moment and after the fact she was like i apologize you know that wasn't appropriate that was meant for me and you know my husband and her and my stepdad um you know it wasn't meant to be aired out amongst the family you know she recognized it wasn't appropriate that's the some of the very few times i've seen her be very self-aware of something not being appropriate and and running it back Uh, at least in recent years so you know there's even though it caused some discomfort for me just listening um thankfully i wasn't a direct focus on any of the conversations anything that affected me emotionally in those moments while i say it was worse it was more anecdotally worse it was worse because i perceived things in a way that made me uncomfortable it's not because anybody directed anything at me so in that sense that's why things did ultimately go okay nobody really harassed me or, or caused me any problems. Everybody's pretty nice to me overall. It's just the the conversations and how people treated each other is more of what made me uncomfortable and over the years with most of the the family that I have, that has been more of the issue is not, so much how i'm treated anymore because i removed myself from the situation. You remove yourself from the situation, nobody treats you like anything anymore. They can say what they want behind their behind your back, they can have their theories, they can project all they want, but they don't know you anymore. You're removed from the situation, they're not talking to you, you're not part of these discussions. But other people are, and they talk to each other and you observe kind of how they treat each other and i've always thinking back on on it and working through therapy through this. I've never really liked how my family on that side of things, treated each other. Um, And I didn't notice it. I always thought it was just, oh, this is how families act. But then over the years, I've seen, especially as an adult, it's one thing as a kid, because as a kid, your parents are just kind of figuring shit out, especially if you're the only child. You know, they they don't, they're doing their best in some respects. That doesn't mean it's okay for them to do horrible things or or neglect or mistreat you in certain ways or, or not manage their own mental health it doesn't make any of that okay but at least you can understand that they really don't know what they're doing there is some aspect of forgiveness in that and understanding that you might be able to pull forth now obviously it depends on how you're raised and what's what's going on but that kind of stuff i understand but as i got older uh everybody's still being treated the same way didn't make any sense and i would go over to other people's family functions and notice that's not how they fucking act they don't treat each other that way. There's always like, you know, the awkward uncle trope or whatever. And somebody there's bound to be somebody who is inappropriate and, and fuck something up. But at least in those moments, everybody else is rational. And is like, whoa, don't talk like that to so-and-so. Or it's like, hey, chill out. Like we understand your feelings. Yeah. There's there's other ways to handle that that are all far more appropriate than how I've observed my family doing it. And that's kind of been what's made it hard to come home for the holidays, right? That's kind of where this comes from. So one of the biggest things I was worried about was not being able to manage my anxiety well. Um, and so I worked with my therapist who made sure I had the, the right medicine going into it. Um, which is For me, it was just my, my Xanax, making sure I took it the right dose at the right time to just kind of mellow out. So, I mean, I was zanned out at Thanksgiving, but not in a a bad way, in a a way that made things not so scary, that made it manageable. I was able to get through things without really thinking about too much. You know, anytime there was a comment made about asking me if I was going to eat or my weight, you know, it was kind of triggering to my body dysmorphia and my eating disorder, but it kind of just hit me in the face real quick. And I was like, okay, you know, that's annoying. I wish you hadn't said something like that. Um... But I'm not going to make a scene of this. I'm not going to even respond. I'm just going to be like, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm here to eat. It's fucking Thanksgiving. It's exactly why I'm here. Shit like that. Um, but I was scared of being on the verge of panic. And I don't... I mean, I can't really control whether I would have had a panic attack there in the moment or not. But I, li- I would like to think that I would probably disassociate first. And then by the time I got home, I'd be so overwhelmed. I would probably have a panic attack. But that didn't happen because I prepared. Uh, I took my medicine. I worked with my therapist on things to say in response if I did feel like somebody was basically interrogating me. And be like, hey man, you know the, the biggest tool she gave me is because I did. I just didn't know what to say. So she was like, well, why don't you say, you know, that's not really appropriate for this Thanksgiving conversation. And obviously, you can adapt that in any way you want. You know, Thanksgiving conversation, Fourth of July christmas whatever but just calling out and be like hey i didn't really feel appropriate right now or i didn't come here to be interrogated Yeah, that's a little bit more abrasive to to say in response to something but if somebody's being abrasive towards you that's kind of calling them out in that moment and you can kind of take it from there like that's the initial response hey that's not really appropriate or hey you know i didn't come here to talk about that kind of stuff you know i'm trying to enjoy this with you guys And if that's all you want to do, then leave. Like I'm just, you need to get up and leave because if they're not going to respect that boundary, if they're going to try to make this like some kind of faux intervention or or family superseding, that's just gross. It's gross and uncomfortable. That's not what you're there for. You're trying to jump back in and be comfortable around these people and see if you even want to come back. And if you're being treated that way all the time, why would you want to come back? Um, And like I said, thankfully in my case, I I think I only had to use the phrase once and I mostly used it jokingly just because my, one of my cousins is being a little bit abrasive in his approach. But even, even still, I knew he, he was trying to communicate that he missed me. He, He wanted to see me around. That's, that's what he was trying to say, but that's not how he fucking said it. He was like, come around more. And I was like, damn dude, like. I didn't come here to be interrogated <laughs> yeah so it was kind of a joking response but they they kind of took it seriously because they were i guess they were scared of walking on ice or something with me but you can't really walk on ice with a shattered floor that's already broken they weren't walking on ice they weren't stepping on glass all those metaphors it it, it was already shattered and broken they were stepping on fresh wounds if anything else and it, i'm kind of numb especially being medicated it's like I don't care. Like, say what you're gonna say. I would rather you be real with me and and say what you're gonna say, so that way I know how to process this. I know how I'm gonna be treated here. You know, um, so I I wanted to talk about that a little bit just to because I know other people experience things like that, and it's particularly difficult around the holidays when you feel like you're forced to see these people. And I wanna one say, you don't have to go. You don't. You straight up don't. I didn't go for years. There are no real consequences. Um, now, it is scary to think. People might blow up your phone. They may harass you for a bit, but guess what you can do? You can block them. They show up at your house uninvited and unannounced. Call the police on them. You can take their extremities and fire them right back if it comes to that. And I understand that can be stressful and ideally you don't even want to deal with that, but if if they have any sense when you communicate at least once you know it's important not just completely go ghost you know i kind of kind of did but um i was prepared I, I did not mind going to the extreme and firing back if i felt it was necessary but you can be a little bit more reasonable than i was you, you can be more reasonable and be like hey i don't really want to do this you know i'm just letting you know i'm not going to be there you don't even have to say why you don't owe anybody an explanation for anything as an adult you you just don't you, you're grown like you can you can make those decisions for yourself you, you can just say hey i'm not going to be this year, there this year and if they're like well why don't you want to blah, blah, blah. you say well i'm just don't want to be there this year and if they keep trying to get a why out of you stop talking just say hey this is i just don't want to be there this year you know i'm doing my own thing thanks for inviting me and then in the conversation, if they keep trying going on and on, they're addled by it, you just drop out. That's the point where you drop out. And that was something that's kind of comforting to hear when I, when I had that affirmed to me going through therapy. Like I knew I didn't have to go, but I was stressed out about the consequences of not going. I did not know if the consequences of, of not showing up where I did not feel comfortable outweighed The aftermath, if somebody got a hair up their ass and wanted to, you know, just basically harass me for not going, like what's more, what's more anxiety driving, waiting for somebody to harass you or showing up somewhere where, you know, you're already anxious. And for me, that was a chance I was willing to take. I was like, yeah, well, not showing up, you know, I know I'm going to be uncomfortable and upset and unhappy if I show up. So I'm just going to not do that. And at least my chance of being at peace is, is there now. I didn't just throw it away. I, I gave myself a shot at it. But yeah, you, you can be a little bit more reasonable and you can still say no, and you can just not go. And if people start harassing you, then you've just justified why you, you really didn't want to go. They weren't being respectful, you were nice. You say, hey, just don't really want to go. You don't need a reason. You don't have to go, no matter what anybody says. You don't have to come home for the holidays. You can do your own thing. And part of me, you know, I have a a selfish reason personally for not wanting to go some places for holidays as well. I like to make holidays my own thing. Like Thanksgiving is a difficult one because it is kind of like a, if you're going to celebrate it, it's an event where you celebrate eating with other people. And if you're just by yourself or even if you're just you and your partner or you and your you and your partner and your kids, whatever your family structure is, you're in your immediate circle in your home. If that's all it is, that's fine. You know, some people, that's all they have. There's nothing wrong with that. But for me personally, it feels kind of weird. I'm not going to sit at home and make myself a Thanksgiving turkey and mashed potatoes, right? I can. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just not what I want to do. I would rather go to a friend's house or, or be somewhere where I'm invited or not celebrate it at all and just take the fucking days off that are given right and that's an option too that there's absolutely nothing wrong with you don't have to celebrate any holidays you don't want to but I have this thing where other than Thanksgiving um, well even Thanksgiving but to a lesser degree I would like in the future going forward to celebrate holidays in a way that are more reflective of my own personal values and beliefs um that teach and celebrate and revere things that I care about. Like even Christmas, like it's not like I want to change from a, a typical Christmas tradition drastically, but you know, I would, I would like, yeah uh, you know, I like decorating the tree and whatnot and the presents and all that kind of stuff. I'm not trying to remove that from my life necessarily, but there are other more, spiritual things that i'm into that i would like to incorporate that are very relevant to the holiday that i've never tried before and that i only learned about through my studies over the last like five years and i've never even knowing these things i've never done them because i'm always catering to somebody else or i'm dealing with depression you know the last couple years up until i met my partner i was either dealing with the holidays by myself or with a shitty roommate or with um if i was lucky i would go to a friend's house the next day i think that maybe happened once but for the most part even with people being around up until last year i just it was depression 90% of the time it was like okay maybe i have some people to be around maybe there's some quick gift exchanges that's at the highlight even with like having a roommate or having um people come over very briefly you know it was like a quick quick gift exchange there was nothing really celebrated you know it was kind of it I mean, it was very depressing. It was very hard to get through and then my partner has a hard time with Christmas for different reasons, and it was nice because last year I could be like, "Hey, you know we don't have to do anything. I'm not going to go to my family, and you're not going to go to your family, and this is hard for you to deal with on your own. So what do you want to do? You know we didn't put up a Christmas tree. We didn't didn't do Christmassy things. The only Christmas thing we did was like exchange gifts. But all she wanted to do was go look at some Christmas lights. And we ate Waffle House because that was the only damn thing that was open. Worked out great. Fantastic. I would do that every single year if that's all I had to do. But that's not all I want to do. Like there are different things I want to incorporate. And there's other holidays I want to do that too. And if I'm having to make time for family that doesn't care about those kind of things... That means I have to make a decision because I'm not going to have time to do both. You know, may, maybe in the future I will. Maybe I can segment things in a way that makes sense, but I know how my mom's father's family does things. So, you know, even if I could make time in the evening on Christmas, you know, they still have, it's all booked out because they've they've, they've done this every year for all their lives. There's something on Christmas Eve. There's something on Christmas morning. Sometimes there's something in the evening of Christmas day. It's all booked out. And it yeah, you can jump around and you're like, well, I'm just going to go to this, but not that. And this and not that. But that's exhausting. At least for me. I I wouldn't mind going to one of the small things. Like to me, Christmas morning is out of the question. I'm never going to do Christmas morning ever, ever again. Because going forward in the future, that's going to be reserved for me and my family when we get up in the morning. I don't even think I want to invite other people over. There would have to be a new tradition started. Like that's what I've grown up with is, uh, and usually my house was the host for people on Christmas morning. And it was, I'm not saying it wasn't fun and enjoyable as a kid at the times, but when I think about my family structure going forward, I don't want that. I don't really want that it would have to be something that develops over time as family and friendships develop and other people's families grow that we all mutually decide on that this is gonna be fun and beneficial and we all want to do it but just right off the rip unless until that change occurs if it occurs I want Christmas morning reserved for me and, and my my children my future children my, my my future spouse all that kind of stuff whatever me and my partner decide to do that's that's how I want to do that Um. But, you know, maybe we go to a Christmas dinner somewhere else in the afternoon. Maybe we don't do our own thing there. Or maybe we host it. Anyway, the, the point is, is that you're not beholden to the standards that you were raised. If you want to do something that's better by you, do it. You don't have to go to the other things. You can create your own traditions and holidays. And if it makes you happy, you should do that. Even if it's a little bit more work so that's that's the holidays portion of this but obviously i i hinted at being worried about like panic attacks and stuff and something that that resonated with me pretty heavily is a, a conversation i was having my part with my partner the other evening about this idea of absent panic attacks i never heard that term but it's something i have experienced for sure on multiple occasions um but she was she was describing to them to me in the context of PCSD, and she was like, "I don't really even know if that's what they're called, but that's just the best way that she would describe them. I think it's pretty accurate. Um, but I looked into it a little bit more, and it's really a another symptom called depersonalization. So you can have depersonalization and derealization in panic attacks. and derealization is basically just like an attack or sorry, a detachment from. Your surroundings and reality like you feel disconnected from everything in your immediate environment it doesn't matter if it's your favorite person your dog objects in the room you just are completely detached from your surroundings depersonalization on the other hand is just like disassociation in a lot of ways at least the common hallmark points of it where you're basically detached from your body and you're kind of observing yourself from a distance um and obviously there, there are way different like experiences people have with this. Like in the context of PTSD, my partner described like basically having visualizations of the thing that she was freaking out about in front of her face. But she was still observing herself and going through the motions of continuing to work and be productive. But at the same time, even though she was functioning, <laughs> it's like her brain was like, hey, you're freaking out, but we're going to protect you by depersonalizing now and you're going to be freaking out your heart's going to be racing all the other typical symptoms of a panic attack are going to be occurring at this moment but you're not going to be outwardly breaking down crying freaking out whatever your experience with your typical panic attack is instead she's going to continue to do her job at work and just be freaking out on the inside and that is a depersonalization panic attack and I've experienced that before. I remember being in, um, in Oregon visiting with some family and we were at this gift shop and I'd been very uncomfortable and traumatized the whole week. I was not being treated very well. Um, we were walking through this little shop and I was disassociated half the time, like truly just not even experiencing anything. I don't remember half of that trip. Uh, anything fun we did, my brain was just, woo. I'm not here anymore. You're going to go through the motions and you're going to come out the other side and be like, oh, well, I'm, I'm back at the house. And it was miserable. I hate I hate that. Um, but I remember walking through a shopping center and in this little small town and there were these cute little plates and stuff like that. And then I just felt my heart rate go up. I was like, oh, shit, I'm freaking out. Um, and then I just felt like what was disassociation in the sense that I kind of had this out of body thing where I was just kind of watching myself go through the motions of it and by the time anybody like i remember my mom asked me say hey are you okay and i was like yep you know and i clearly wasn't on my face i still have that's the thing is you're still having a panic attack and more than likely you're any external symptoms that are going to be there other than like an actual freak out or breakdown are still going to be present any uh, kind of facial observation that you may have, like maybe your face looks distorted and uncomfortable, you're hyperventilating or breathing heavy, uh, whatever it is for you, typically you'll still have those symptoms because you are legitimately having a panic attack. I didn't realize I was having a panic attack at the time. Um, You know, I thought I was just disassociating because it's what it felt like in the experience. But then by the time I came to I actually did eventually break down later and, had a full-blown panic attack uh that was more outward but it's because i'd been sitting in pad actually been having fucking panic for hours that whole day it was it was terrible and i just wanted to talk about this because um i this is the first time i've been able to put a label on it so whether you call it an absent panic attack like i said i kind of like that name or you want to associate it with panic attack that has an observation of derealization or depersonalization um, at least you know what it's called, and you kind of have an idea of what the baseline symptoms are now. You know, derealization is, you know, disassociating or, um, sorry, derealization is uh, no longer identifying with the objects in your immediate space, objects or people, anything. You just are not aware of them. You don't care. You don't have any association with them anymore. It's like you're out of reality derealization. And then depersonalization is more like, Uh, the disassociation where you're kind of floating in and out of the body experience uh, and watching yourself go through the motions. It's not always like a third person camera. Like all of these things are nuanced. This is just to give you an idea of what you might experience. And if you have experienced this before, you can kind of put two and two together and be like, okay, well, was I disconnecting from reality or was I depersonalizing And how did that look for me personally? So that way you can assign a label to it. You can know what's going on. That's super helpful because then you can go into therapy. You can go to your psychiatrist and be like, hey man, these are symptoms I'm experiencing. It sounds kind of like this, what say you? Can you help me out here, figure out what this is and help me, of course, go from there and figure out how to uh, manage this better. That's really important. As far as disassociation goes, I personally have had a lot more of those episodes lately rather than panic attack. And that's something that happens to me week to week and I don't really notice it. Why? Well, Cause I was disassociated the whole time. Um, I very frequently will be working and I'll be like working on a report or something. And I, I will, it'll be like, I closed my eyes and I wake up and the report's done. It's like a blackout for me a lot of times lately. Um, And in the moment, I do recall like watching myself do it. I know I did it. I did the thing and I clearly did the thing because it's in front of me, but it's like I just went on complete autopilot and I have a hard time remembering all the details from it. I can just remember clips of me watching myself doing the thing, but otherwise it's kind of like a blackout. Um, That's commonly how I experience it. And it's, it's annoying. It's very annoying because I lose chunks of time. I lose chunks of experiences. I don't get to have them. I remember at the show, even, I had a moment um, that I made sure to vocalize. I was like, I just finished talking to somebody that kind of stressed me out. And my drummer needed help uh, bringing his gear up to the stage. And in the moment of finishing talking to the person that was kind of stressing me out, I disassociated. And the next thing I knew, I was on stage. All the gear was on stage next to me. And I saw my drummer setting up stuff. And I looked and I was like, hey man, did I help you bring that up here? Like, we we did that? Like, clearly, I can clearly see that the shit's on stage and I'm on stage with him. But I don't know if I helped him like I said I would. Because I didn't, I lost that chunk of time. I just was floating in outer space watching myself do it. But I don't actually remember doing it. It's kind of like a dream, like observing a dream. And... He was like, yeah, man, it's all good. I'm sorry. Like, I just disassociated very, very hard. And I wanted to make sure I helped him. He was like, oh, no, it's all good. Yeah, we got it up here. I was like, cool. That that was minor, right? That wasn't a big deal. I did the thing. Nobody, no issue. I didn't miss out on something spectacular. And, And never do I have a problem where I disassociate and I fail at something. Like, I disassociate so hard that I... Mess something up at work, or I mess something up while playing music, or whatever it is. My body kind of takes care of it. Whatever it is, it's like I'm still conscious. I'm just not conscious. If that thing, if that makes any sense, it's really hard for me to wrap my brain around because I don't fully understand how my body. It feels to me, at least in the observation uh, land, so to speak. It feels to me like I'm watching my body. Do things on autopilot Almost as if muscle memory But it can't be muscle memory Because I'm solving problems I'm doing intricate things In fact the only time I don't disassociate ever Is doing creative work Like right now To me this is creative work I have to think a lot differently Maybe it's activating a different part of my brain When I'm working on music I don't ever disassociate Um, When I'm playing music That can be a little bit different Uh, I can have maybe like a sensory overload Or something like that and I I might disassociate here and there. I know there are moments on stage where I just like whoop, oh, and I'm like, did I, where I'm at in the song, and I and I I know immediately and everything's fine. But it, and I didn't really like have a problem while I was playing. And at work, it's even crazier. Like I'll be, uh, you know, for those who, who don't know, because I don't talk about work a lot, I'm a I'm an offensive security consultant, so I get paid to hack into companies and stuff. So I I'll be. On a project for a client. On like an internal assessment or whatever. I'll start working. Doing all these complicated things. And hours go by. And I come to and I have hacked the whole company. It's like what? What? I did it? What? <laughs> it's It feels like fucking Ratatouille. Fucking <laughs> Remy pulling the strings on my hair. And, and I did something. That's It's so hard to wrap my brain around. And it happens to me. Pretty much every week. a week hasn't gone by where it hasn't happened at least once you know sometimes it's more frequent sometimes it's less and it's frustrating more than anything because it's not causing me problems it's not making me function less it's not debilitating in any way but it is frustrating to lose chunks of time to not get to experience things because i can't begin to feel and begin to try to manage my depression if I'm not having experiences to react to and feel something from. Like imagine being on stage in front of hundreds of people and then you're off stage. You played your whole show. It was great. Everybody had a great time. You killed it. But you don't get to really remember any of it. You get little flashes. You know you did it. You remember vaguely being up there but the emotions, the experience, the things that create memories—anything that's non-visual—and even the visuals don't stick. That's why, to me, at least, it's flashes of visuals. Um, they don't really stick because there's no other connective components. I don't have any emotional component. I don't have any auditory, you know, sensory components other than some vision. Cause like my eyes are open, but like, I'm not really hearing anymore. I'm not smelling anymore. I'm not tasting anything. Cause I'm playing a show in this case. I don't have any other stimuli that my brain is using to record the memory. And so the memory is very faint and I get vague visuals at best. Um, that's frustrating. I fucking hate that. You know, in some ways it's my body, I mean, the way I've learned in therapy is that my body is responding to, like, trying to protect me from things that have traumatized me in the past. But it's gotten to a point where it's like, it's incorrectly protecting me at times that I don't need protection. Like, I don't need protection at work. This isn't stressing me out, at least not like that, not the same way. I don't need protection when I'm on stage. I want to have those experiences. I love playing shows. Like whenever I don't, I'm talking like I dissociate on stage all the time. I don't, Um, but it has happened and that's what it it feels like. But when I don't, I know I love how much I love playing music in front of people. It's so much fun. Fucking love it. That's why I am a musician. That's why I do all that I do um, is to be able to play these shows and have fun and, and have those experiences and release music. You know, it, I don't like that. I lose those moments. My brain is incorrectly, quote unquote, protecting me in those moments, and I don't know why. Um, The only rational thing I can figure is that perhaps the appropriate stimuli, maybe there are certain chemicals that are arising in reaction or response to excitement or an event of some sort that make my brain all of a sudden think, oh well, we're going to protect him so he doesn't shut down and we're going to carry him through this. I'm like, no, no, I'm fine. Like pick a different moment for that. If you're going to do that at all. Um, and that uh, kind of brings me around to how anxiety and even the symptom of dissociation are things that our bodies are capable of normally, even if you're a neurotypical person, um, these are mechanisms that your body has in store for you to protect you. Anxiety is to alert you to danger. Disassociation actually is more to help you like focus and get through something that's difficult. But it's not meant to permanently put you in a state of panic or permanently put you in a state a state of disconnecting from reality. Those are the extremes. Once it starts doing that, and especially if it gets worse than that. It's not doing its job that it was programmed to in your normal biology, and that baffles me. How that that goes off the rails that way? It's crazy how our brains work like that. Um, and it's unfortunate for those of us that struggle with the non-standard the non-neurotypical symptoms of it. You know, I, I wish my anxiety would just alert me to danger and not uh, make me have a breakdown. I wish. That when I disassociate, it was just a moment of focus to get through something. I I don't wish to be losing gaps of time. I don't like to be freaking out all the time. When I say all the time, freaking out when I have panic attacks. I don't like those things. They are harmful to me personally. It, It makes my life worse, not better. It makes it hard for me to feel. It makes it hard for me to manage my depression, which is, you know, while I have distinct disorders between anxiety and depression to me my anxiety is for the most part managed thanks, thanks to the medication thanks to the exercises that I've been able to do and I just want to focus on getting better at managing my depression now because that hasn't gotten any fucking better it just hasn't my life's gotten better things have gotten easier but how I feel has not changed the same emptiness, the same numbness has not changed it's very fucking frustrating to still have these symptoms of dissociation and panic that make it hard for me to focus on whatever healing I can do for for depression. Uh, that's where I'm at, and thankfully the anxiety is is for the most part managed. Still working on on the balance there. It is still new. You know, I've been medicated on. Uh, with with my anxiety medicine for a year, but finding the balance and the comfort in that is is difficult because um, my brain likes to tell me that I'm not allowed to feel better. You know, it's the depression. It kind of works in hand. So you're not allowed to feel better. So you're not allowed to take your medicine. That's fucking ridiculous. That's what the the medicine's for. It's very hard for me sometimes to break through, and it's it's not rational. It 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 doesn't make sense other than it's my brain being mean to me. And that's something I struggle with in general. Um, so fighting back, and that's where some of the exercises and the, the thinking exercises, and even ceremonial magic and meditation help me to be more rational and thought about, hey, you, when you recognize something being mean to you and saying you can't take, like if something's saying in your, your mind is making it hard for you to take your medicine No matter if it's a thought of, you're not allowed to do that, or if it's a thought of uncertainty or worry or something like that, guess what that probably means? You should go take your medicine. (laughs) You know, that's what it's for. Um, And thankfully, I have those tools. So I do foresee that getting better and better. And I am excited for that to get better. Um, It's already manageable, which is great, it's a huge improvement. It doesn't really change the dissociation, which is frustrating in its own right. That's an issue that stands on its own. I think that's more commonly associated with depression anyway. Um, but it hasn't changed based on how my anxiety has gotten better at all. And it's just fucking frustrating. So I wanted to just air that out and be like, hey, this is what these things are. This is how I experience it. You know, it's It sucks. Um, but at least we can we can know what it is, right? There's a lot of power in knowing what something is, knowing what to call something. Not because there, is, I think I like what is it, um, fucking the the movie with the the Conjuring, maybe the Exorcist, whatever the series is. No, it's it's just the Conjuring series, right? Um, it's like there's power in the name, and they have to figure out the name of Valak the demon. Or whatever it is. I don't remember which conjuring this is. Um, and Once they know the name, they can banish the demon. It's, that's not how it fucking works, dude. It, it, knowing the name of something is helpful because you can do research. It's helpful because you can talk to your doctors. It's helpful because you can talk to your therapists. You can talk to your friends and family, people that you trust. And you can have a name and definitions to identify this with. And with the help of love from your friends and family, with the help of your healthcare professionals you can actually take this information and make a plan to try to get better. And, you know, I've talked about this before. It's frustrating because mental health is hard. There's not a guaranteed cure for things, but people do get better. I'm, I'm, I'm getting better in some ways. I'm, I'm proof of that. It's worth trying. And you can't really try unless you know what the name of things are and the symptoms of things are. So hopefully this is very informative and also very engaging in terms of personal experience and Letting know that this is normal when you're not normal. You know, if you're having problems with your mental health and you're experiencing things like that and you never knew what they were, yeah, that's what it is. Go talk to your doctor about it now. Try to try to focus on that and, and make some progress. Um, and remember, especially if you're dealing with those things and it's hard for you, especially if family or certain people around you make it worse, don't go home for the holidays. You don't have to. you're free. I, I release you. <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have to do those things. You can take care of yourself. You can you can treat yourself better. It's okay. Don't worry about all the other people. Just seek help from the people that do care. seek help from the professionals and and focus on your development and your growth because nothing but good can come from that as you get better. You know, maybe in the future that leads to you actually being able to come home for the holidays and it being okay. Like for me this year, it it was okay. I still have some things to sort out. I have to figure out how I feel. There's a lot to process. But I'm alive. I didn't have a breakdown. Nothing catastrophic happened. You know, it, it was uncomfortable. But it was okay. I'm okay. And I want that for you. That, that, that can be a step in the right direction if you're going through something similar. And you can kind of process through there. I don't know what I'm going to do next. I don't know if I'll be home for the holidays next time. But what I do know is now I am informed and I can process things and make a decision. And I do know that I am getting better in a lot of ways because I know what these things are. All right, well, I think that's going to do it. Um, I got a lot of stuff in store. I don't want to reveal it all. I'm working on some potential YouTube video stuff for my... Little security channel. I haven't posted on there in like a long time. I think I did a live stream this past year. Um, not really getting back into the YouTube thing. I'm not really doing that. But there are some videos I wanted to make and make. And there are some special. Uh, there are some videos I wanted to make. And there are some special promo type things that I want to do going forward because I am working on some new fancy educational material in that realm. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff in your career. Um, stay tuned on that On You know, you can check out Injection.sh I think is the website for that I don't really talk about it too much on the podcast It's not really all that relevant It's more work stuff But I do want to talk about that I also have a ton of new music that I'm working on Oh my god, it's going so fast I'm actually learning how to uh, Mix and master everything myself I'm taking all the things that I learned from my buddy Seth Who normally does myself And doing it by myself Just because I want to be more self-sufficient It's not because he does a bad job He does an excellent job um, But he is working on stuff for our band so i don't want to bother him with my stuff especially if i I finish like eight songs i don't want to be like hey man i need you to mix and master eight songs he's like uh but i gotta finish this for Lamont." like i want to be able to take care of my own music in that respect and be able to mix and master everything and so far so good i've got one track which you heard at the beginning and you'll hear at the end of this episode that is fully mixed and mastered at this point Maybe I'll make a minor tweak here or there But it's an intro track It's it's not meant to be that complicated But I'm, I'm working on some of the other tracks Trying to get better at it Using them as practice And by the end of it all I'll have a ton of music So tons of stuff coming up Stay tuned for all of that And I'll see you in, in the episode next month We'll talk about Probably something Christmas related Because it's the holidays again You know, <laughs> whatever We'll figure that out when we get there I hope you all have a good time getting through your, your experiences. And I hope you do have some happy holidays. So peace. too much. <laughs>